Thank you for joining us on 721 DAO Chat. We are a community-driven DAO with a vision of building a decentralized entertainment metaverse. We're excited to have you on our podcast where we'll be speaking to the movers and shakers of the NFT space and beyond. But before we start, just a quick reminder that nothing said in this show is intended as financial advice and is for entertainment purposes only. Okay, now let's dive right in. Hi, Keys. Hi. GM, GM. Yes, it's me. (laughs) Okay, wonderful. I wasn't sure if you were going to go by your DAO or if you were going to go by your name. They, I wasn't sure. Because, because uh, I speak now on behalf of the uh, 7 to 1 DAO, I go with the 7 to 1 DAO. Oh, wonderful. Oh, I love Yes, that. yes. And, and, and how are you today? <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. It's, um, it's cold and it was sunny today, so yeah. Um, so, far, so, so far, so good, yes. I hope you don't mind. I've decided that I'm going to... Uh, uh, take a walk in Central Park as we do this. Uh, okay. I just have been inside all day. You're, you're multitasking. So, you're multitasking. So yes, I just I figured this would be nice, and I have this path that I pass, and I have this one tree that I really like that I call the Emily tree that I really just love, and so I figured that I would go and I would walk past it and do the whole loop and and visit my favorite tree. So okay, yeah, it's 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 too dark now to really walk uh, around London or at least around the parks. But yeah, shall we shall we tweet out and then um, then start? Uh, did it, did I, it, I, I, I always tweet, yeah, and I think people will start to to join in as well. So yeah, um, so I just sent one uh, out a minute ago, but I guess yeah. let yeah. me ask you this. Um, as if, do you want to, how do you want to start? Do you, can I ask you questions? Do you want to ask me questions? I mean, we, we can, we can ask questions. <laughs> we can both ask, uh, each other questions. Just like a little housekeeping, maybe. Um, so our, our talk will go for one hour. Uh, we are mindful of peace time, so we don't do it longer. And around 45 minutes, you will have the opportunity to ask questions. So please raise your hands or DM us or me or um, I don't know, react in any way, shape or form because this um, chat will be recorded. So if you should be too shy, try to DM or write me on Twitter so I can I can read out your questions. Wonderful. And so, so I actually have, can I start with the first question? Yes, please, please. Can you tell us, can you tell us why 721 DAO? What does that stand for? What's the 721? Yeah, so that is a very good question. So 721 is the protocol of of NFTs and it's universal across like chains like Ethereum, Binance and Tron. So it is basically an ode to uh, to the NFT protocol, and also it symbolizes uh, that we are universal across continents and cultures, and 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 whatnot. So this is uh, this is what Seven to One stands for. Amazing. And do you mind me also asking? Uh, you know, like, do you mind telling people your background and yes. how you got into yeah. the DAO? Yeah, that is also like a very good question um, and also very funny. So first, like a little introduction about myself. So I am Caroline. You can't 
really see me right now, but you can uh, you can follow me under my Twitter handle cyborg underscore six five four. And I um, I do have a traditional art background, so I I'm advising some of the top two hundred art collectors. Uh, I'm advising them to to buy and sell blue chip art and. I've been, I, I had a cameo in the HBO art documentary, The Price of Everything in 2018. And one of my personal highlights was that I sourced some art for a charity auction gala with Sharon Stone. Um, um, with Sharon Stone and the Cinema for Peace Foundation. This was my personal highlight because I love Sharon. And then um, in, 2000, um, in 2016, I created my first show uh, featuring digital art based on Houdini, but people did not quite understand it and looked at me sideways, so it was not really a success. And then in 2018, I met one of the um, Uber, one of the seed investors of Uber, and we wanted to do a project based on AI generated art and based on like the, the thousand most important uh, physical art pieces. But back then we did not see a market for it. And unfortunately we abandoned the idea and uh, didn't follow through. And um, fast forward to, to now, I, I can't really remember how how I came into the NFT space. It was down the rabbit hole somehow. But um, I met or I came upon the DAO through 9by9, who is the core contributor of the DAO. And um, that's that's quite a funny story because I, I met him through the Apache Penguin community and uh, he snapped up Apache Penguin that I wanted to have because it was pink. And then I, I was like, dude, I, I, can, I, can I just buy this penguin from you or can I swap it against another penguin or what can I do? I really want this. That's the only pink penguin. And he, he was like, nobody touches my penguins. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I tried, so I tried and tried, and I, I, I kind of stalked him, but um, over time then a beautiful friendship developed, and um, and I stayed, I, I never got a chance to get this specific penguin, but um, yeah, in the meantime. He still won't get the penguin? <laughs> no, wait, this morning, wait, this morning he said, well, if you want, and then I was like, no, now I don't trade because nobody touches my penguins either. <laughs> oh, very, very interesting. So like, I, I, I love, I love that like you can have like a legitimately serious DAO that's making major investments, and then at the same time have internal bickerings over pink pudgy penguins. Yes, <laughs> never, never, never underestimate, never underestimate. I, hold on. So I went, I went last night, uh, just so so you know, like I went. To to dinner and the Knicks game with um, uh, Andrew Steinhall, who's he goes by Schmooey in the spaces, and um, uh, I mean he was the he is the CEO of Infatuation, and so you have the CEO of Infatuation, you have the president of Time, and I think we spent a good four hours together, and all of maybe 
two minutes were spent talking about NFTs and Web3. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I, I mean, it's, it's very, it's, it's an amazing space and it just, it's, it's just endlessly fascinating. And it's funny, like on a personal level, like what people sort of glom onto, whether it's a pink penguin or something else. Absolutely. And I must say, I, I, I do love, I, I so love all the communities. Like sometimes I'm in the Twitter spaces of the bot apes and I just love how they, love, they make the ape noise, like the, the ape sound. It's, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's very refreshing and fun. And then, you know, it's like every, every community just vibes and uplifts each other. And it's, it's such a positive experience and it's quite different from, from the traditional art world, which is rather exclusive and um, yeah, you, you don't have really this community you, you have in the NFT space. So I, like, I mean, I find it fascinating that you've moved so hard from the traditional art world into this space because like I, I used to collect traditional art, I still do, but I really am obsessed with the NFTs and I tell a story all the time of like, I never had a problem buying and selling traditional art and treating it like a commodity, yeah. right? But, but um, because I never had a relationship with the artist, right? Yeah. But then you come into these spaces and you start to meet some of these incredible artists. Like before you joined, there's an artist uh, in the crowd. His name's Billy Alter and I have one of his pieces. Like I'm never going to sell that piece because I know who he is, right? As a human being, like I know what passion he put into that piece. Like it actually like the barriers that existed in the traditional art world actually disappear in this world of web three, where the collector and the creator can actually get to know each other. Right. Absolutely. And so it's, it's so interesting. I just don't know like how, like, like I could see how it lasts 20, 30 more years for generations to go by, but like, that's a very scary uh, moat to have to go up against for the traditional art world against this new way in which consumers are beginning to engage with the creatives. And then, by the way, the way that creatives are able to monetize their great work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So and it's, 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 it's just, yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It's so inspiring. And because you have a direct interaction, you're so much more emotional invested um then then i mean obviously if you buy a blue chip art like picasso picasso's already dead so it's you, you you never get to know the artist it's a bit different if you buy an emerging art piece like i i have um a collection of, of physical art and i know all the artists personally so for me, I, I don't know. I want I want to set up a museum or foundation one day because I I can't see see myself selling um, these pieces. So it's a bit similar. But I think with I, I know from a lot of my collectors when they go to a gallery and even want to buy a piece, some of the galleries somehow they are they make it so hard that then they they just they they don't. They can't buy the piece, and then also they, they I don't know, they, they um, lose the relationship with art and, and with the artist, because even if they want to buy and the, the gallery might be nasty or whatnot, uh, it's, it's very hard then to, to really, um, yeah, to, to get emotionally attached. I, I mean, the other, the other point you bring up, and I'm so sorry to, sorry to interrupt, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, is, is you bring up this, this point of, like, 
traditionally artists have had these gatekeepers, which have been the gallery owners, right, who have decided whether or not their work is worthy. Right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, now uh, you don't have those gatekeepers because the art can go out to the world. And whereas in the past, and I'm just going to actually use Billy. Billy, are you in the audience still? I couldn't see if he was still in or not. But like, like in the past, uh, like Billy, who's located in Mexico, like his entire like uh, pricing schematic would be based on his local access and his yeah. entire purchasers, like the potential marketplace of customers that would purchase from him was based on local access. And now like with something like OpenSea or any of these other great marketplaces, um, like he has infinite reach, right? And yeah. what that means is like he could price differently because he could yeah. price based on global demand. Um, and secondarily, like he doesn't have to require the gatekeeper of the gallery. Now, what makes that even more interesting in, in my opinion is like, yes, it's tapping into the long tail, Right. And like historically, the art market is focused on the hits. But when yeah. you add the long tail in a global manner, right, boy, is the long tail pretty big. Right. Like when you stretch that around the world, like you can find that there are interests that are everywhere. Right. Because um, uh, like disperse interests, you know, can be sort of scattered in any corner of the world. I just find that to be one of the most interesting things on the planet, but you said something earlier that I think is even more important, if you don't mind me going yeah, back, which, yeah, was, sure, sure, sure. which was, which was like going into the communities, right? So like you look at, you look at, like say like the Bored Apes or you look at like my favorite and I've never been shy about this, right? Like I, cool love, the cool, I love the cool cats, <laughs> right? You even knew where I was going. Like, like I love the you cool know, cats, You know, right? Keith, 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 I, I bought a cool cat <laughs> and I bought a penguin on the same day. So <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I just, I just, I love the cool cats, right? And I love, Very I, cute. Like the, I, I love the Robotos and I love like the dead fellows and like they hold a special place in my heart because yeah. when I go into their discord, what I see is a group of like-minded people who are, you know, Very optimistic, true. are optimistic, they're positive, they're inclusive, they're they're building. Like as I think about time pieces, like I've stated those those words as like what my view is of like how like I want to use values to create value, like in building this. But then if you think about like the traditional art community, like ultimately the sale is just the revenue. Yeah. And in the Web3 world, right, and in the NFT world, it's the revenue, but it's also the community. And somebody asked me the other day, what's more important, the revenue or the community? And I was like, the community, because if you don't have the community, you actually don't have the revenue. Because yeah, you might have short-term revenue, but you don't have long-term revenue because the community will abandon you. And ultimately, there'll be no demand for your pieces. Absolutely. I mean, the community, that's the first principle. It's without the community, there, there, uh, there, there's nothing you can build upon. And so the community is everything. And also, I think it, it just because you can vibe with the community. It's, it's not just about like money and selling or buying. It's really you like to hang out with these guys you you know yeah. it's really you become obsessed you 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 there are friendships that are building so it's so much more than than a money thing because some some people from the outside think oh nfts and it's all about the money or whatnot but it's so much more i, I mean I, I would say this like if you're on the outside and you think it's all about the money like i will say this is like i've been offered um 
uh, more money for certain pieces that that may be worth something, but I will not sell them simply because I value the communities or the what the relationship is with the artist more than I value the monetary reward at that moment in time, which is a yeah. very weird, different equation that I think Web3 and and this this flip right to community first uh, presents itself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you it's really hard to to relate to this from the outset if you have never bought an NFT. But once you buy an NFT and you you know how it feels like digital ownership, um, like I think most people start to buy a second NFT and a third NFT and then they get they get to know more communities and they, they find their tribe and they they start building things together and there is just so much more and it's so exciting. And I, I think it's a complete uh, game changer and a changer also of the payoff structure. It's, so now it's not only about monetary rewards, it's also about intangible things, which, oh, yeah. which, which we, we didn't really, um, couldn't, I don't know, which, which were not uh, paid attention to uh, previously. But you know what? What's funny is, is um, it like it, what I love about this. I said this earlier in the in the timepieces town hall. Uh, you know, Winston Churchill had this moment in World War II where the generals came to him and said, "In order for us to continue fighting this battle, um, we're going to have to give up funding for uh, the the arts and the museums, uh, you know, in the country." And uh, Churchill looked back at his generals and said, "Then why are we fighting this war?" Right. And, and that I, is I love, so good. That I is so good. Quote, right. I love this quote. I love this. I could do a Churchill quote for any situation, you know. <laughs> okay. um, but, 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 I, but I love this quote because like, like what I see beyond community, beyond everything else is like, it is a really great moment for economic reset for creatives. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, like when we did timepieces and I see a bunch of the timepieces artists here, I see Dylan Arcadi. I see Shana Wilson, uh, you know, like, a, you know, uh, I'm just scrolling down to see if I if I'm missing anyone else quickly. But like, I mean, like they're they're amazing. Um, what people I also see Tommy, who, by the way, is is like one of the most creative individuals within our product team and and helped me get time into the NFT space. Um, so hi, Tommy. Uh, but but when when we went to all of the timepiece artists um, in the original drop and then in Nyla's drop um, that's going on right now. Um, we said to everyone, um, the first 1% of the primary and the secondary sales is going to go to charity. And that's really important to us. And yeah. we're going to figure out what that charity is going to be. Uh, you know, we're debating right now internally whether it's going to be around building a better future and then focusing on, you know, climate and, sustain and sustainability and equality and education and health. Or if we're going to focus it on sort of a larger free democratic press. And supporting journalists, we, we have we have not sort of figured that one out yet. But the remaining ninety nine percent of the primary and secondary sales will be split evenly between the artists and time. Wow. Right now, that is a huge difference, and um, and I think that that's really important because what it means is is that like with the artists partnering with us and receiving secondary sales, like Dylan is not Dylan is not or or Shane is not sort of a creative that sort of works at times with time like they're they're part of the time family forever yeah right yeah. and that's and like 
And then that changes the relationship because, you know, like, like I love them and want to support them and they love us, hopefully Dylan and, and Shana, give us like a hundred percent if, if I'm, if, if that's okay. Right. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. Total silence. No. Right. But like, I, I get, I get like, oh, there we go. Dylan gave me the hundred percent. Thank you, Dylan. Right. But it's like, but like, I, I, I want them to succeed and they want us to succeed. And like, I think that that partnership aspect is so huge and it's such a great Absolutely. reset for the space. And it's actually a really healthy reset for a lot of of where we can go in this space so I, I think the way you do it is obviously very genuine like the way how time is doing it but uh, which is absolutely surprising to me because you are almost like a 100 year old institution and you pivot and enter the space in the most genuine um in the most genuine way which i i love And then there are other companies that are not not really old. And then they, I don't know, they, you know, you 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 really you vibe with all the communities and whatnot. You're part you're part of 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 us. Whereas other companies just think you can drop something onto, and and this is this is how it works in the metaverse, like just a cash in. So so really kudos to to time for. And, and um, kudos to you in particular for being such a trailblazer in this in this space. And I, I looked up your your site, time, and you have even a hodl, which, yeah. which I'm absolutely so. amazed. And 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 here comes I um, I can connect my wallet. Yes. You know that's that's like an absolute game changer for me because you know I think NFTs will become as universal and commonplace as websites. One hundred percent. And and now and now I see time and I can connect my wallet. So that is an absolute game changer. So so first off, thank you. You know, and and I like, I, I, you know. I appreciate the compliments and, you know, I, I get the fortunate position of being like the figurehead at time. Um, but I have just an absolutely amazing team and I, you know, I'm very, 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 very fortunate for all of their hard work in this. Um, you know, like part of why we pivoted here, you know, uh, it was not planned at all. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, like, uh, you know, like you have to like, if, if you look back, like my background, is, you know, uh, I started my career at Wired, right? And then yeah. I rose from Wired from being the intern in college to being the associate publisher. And then uh, I took over Ars Technica. And uh, then I went to Bloomberg Media. And then I came over to, you know, Time. And so, like, I, I bring this up because, like, and I love art, right, personally. And so I bring this up because when you have the context of that, then you understand yeah. that like, like my formative years professionally were at Wired and Ars Technica. Yeah. And so, so I've been exposed to the crypto space since 2013 and I love the crypto space personally. Right. And like, like, it, like, I think like I, And I own yeah. crypto and I've been like, in full disclosure, right? Like my, I own Bitcoin and Ethereum and Solana, yeah. and, Solana and Algorand. Uh, like, uh, uh, you know, like I, I believe in what, what the potential of crypto is. I love the decentralization of it. I love the NFT space. 
but it wasn't until February that it all clicked as to how time could come into the space. And it was when Mark Benioff, our uh, owner, the CEO of Salesforce, yeah. uh, sent me and Edward Felsenthal, our, our editor-in-chief and CEO, a note that said, did you see this about Nyoncat, the Nyoncat sale for 600K? And I just looked at it and I was like, we could do this. And, and, I was, and you know, uh, uh, they were like, how? And I was just like, let me ask you all a question. Like, do you understand why a cat with the body of a Pop-Tart farting a rainbow <laughs> just went for $600,000. And there was like, no. And then like, I just jumped into it. And then Tommy, who's in the audience, actually connected me with Asad Malik at Jadu. And, and he was like, oh, you have to get into spaces. Oh, you have to get into a clubhouse at the time, right? And, and, uh, and you have to sort of get things, you, know, you have to start to talk to people about what you're doing. And I, and I, it just dawned on me exactly how we could do it from a one-of-one one perspective, right? And so we came in and I announced three things on March 23rd in Yahoo Finance, which was um, we were going to enter into the one-of-one one NFT space. Number oh, wow. two was that within 30 days, we would have, uh, we would accept cryptocurrencies for digital subscriptions. And that's what you found. And that's my bad sense of humor, Caroline, which is time.com slash hodl. H-O-D-L, <laughs> yes. right, is, is the URL amazing. For, for, for our digital subscriptions. And then three, that we would use the blockchain technology and the token that the NFT offers in a manner that would allow us to evolve the relationship that our consumer has with our brand. And so I didn't know what that was going to be. I just knew that the technology, the trend line was going there. And so I spent seven months just observing and and listening in these rooms and like there are a lot of people in this room that like had given just us great advice over the the time and i i can't even begin to tell you how much amazing advice i got from from just listening to people in clubhouse and in in spaces and um and then when you add in the fact that like the wired and the r's background today in our town hall we made our first hire for for timepieces as a community manager, yeah, and we hired I, him out of the community, right? Absolutely it's amazing. And, and I have said specifically, as we continue to build the timepieces community, it's going to be the community that I want to hire out of. And the lesson that I got from that was that was influenced by Ken Fisher at Ars Technica. And when I looked at how strong the community was at Ars Technica, and I asked him what was his secret, he used to always say he never hired journalists, he hired community members um, who were specialists within their field. And so this is what we want to do with timepieces as it relates to our expansion is, is make sure that we're expanding from within the core group of people who are super passionate. When you look at why did we do the artistic splits, like when I watched people coming into the space, like I saw some people come into the space and really screw the creatives. And I watched yeah, absolutely. how bad taste it left in people's absolutely. mouths. Right. And like, when you look at why, and I don't know if you know this, but like why, wh what was the makeup of the timepiece artists in the original collection? Well, it was, we invited 20 artists in and then those 20 artists got to invite 20 artists in, right. They all each got to in make their own invite. And the reason was, was, I kept on listening to like rooms where artists kept on saying, wow, uh, Ryan, you know, thank you X, the artist yeah. UX really helped me. He pulled me up or wow, JN Silva really pulled me up and helped me. 
And I always loved that, right? Like how many people like were so grateful of other artists pulling them up when they, and they all support the, the each other. Yeah, and they all, absolutely and so, like, amazing. That's yeah. what we wanted to do with timepieces. And so like we, I wanted to make sure that we thought about those components as we started to build out this, this community, because this is a huge evolution for our brand, not for a week or for a month, but like this is the basis for how the time brand can evolve also over the next hundred years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you're building, I mean, you're building a metaverse in the most natural, genuine way. And um, I remember, I, I think we met each other actually in Clubhouse in February or March. And you pulled me up this day uh, on, at, on the stage when, when you had to talk with JR, the graffiti artist. Yeah, yeah, I and remember the conversation. I, I know, I know. It was, it, and, and the thing is, like, this is how, how, um, how I met you. And ever since I have seen you being very present in the space, very engaged, listening, taking advice, speaking to the people, to the community. So you're, you're really, even though you are a company, an institution that is almost 100 years old and that is not a DAO, you really listen to the community and build your, your strategy from the bottom up, actually, which I have not seen elsewhere. Well, so, okay, I, I will give you, like, there's two people that I just saw joined that I have to give kudos to because they've been amazing influences on me. Um, one is Amanda Johnstone, who I don't know if you know, but is just one of the best human beings on the planet. And then I hope the other person... The next Hi, Amanda. Person also, I hope the next person uh, knows that by saying one person's the best person on the planet doesn't mean you're not the best person on the planet. I just, I've known Amanda Mokonga, but this person is really a great person, is Q. Like, and Q... Um, who you could see as, as it goes by Q Club, just happens to, you know, like be genuinely one of the best, nicest kind of souls to like say, hey, think this way. Hey, push that way. Hey, if you consider this. And, and has always been supportive of, of the efforts that we've been doing. And so, and I know there's a lot of people that are listening right now, and I can see them the 100% that that he or Amanda have just really helped along the way. It's, and, and I just, again, go back to what I love the most about this community, which is how people are sort of proactively trying to be constructive where they can. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think uh, this, this is my impression too, that this community or uh, like the, the NFT community is very positive and constructive. And like the help I got... Um, and and uh, I don't know the the daily cuteness and and positivity is just second to none. So it's it's really amazing that you you grow together with the community and the people around you. So which is quite different from from the old strategy. Everybody is on his or her own and fight alone. Um, so and, and I think that's that's um, that's so much more powerful if you have a whole community around you, and that's um, also something we have at Seven to One DAO, which originated from the Seven to One community, which is now a 30k um, big um, members community across Discord and WeChat, and. Wow. Um, so it's a really, really big community, and like the interesting, and, and the the interesting thing is, it's um, it's a bridge between east and west, 
and you will find on our Discord, it's bilingual, it's uh, Chinese and English. And um, we, are, we are basically a hub of artists, developers, traders, and whatnot. So you, you have all kinds of people from different backgrounds with different talents, viping with each other and lifting each other up, which is um, really, really interesting and, um, and yeah, very, very strong. I, I, I mean, what you outlined just there is one of the best aspects of, of the space too, right? Like I keep referencing, there's this book by Robert Putnam called Bowling Alone. And um, have, you, have you read this book? Do you know which book I'm referring to at all? Mm -hmm. No, no, no okay. I'm sorry, no. So, so this book was written by this, this professor, Robert Putnam. And what he discusses is um, the fall of um, local communities and social clubs having sort of a degrading effect on society. So, uh, it, especially in America. And so he kept on referencing things like bowling leagues or, uh, uh, you know, um, the rotary clubs. And like people no longer, you know, are part of these type of, type of communities. And when you start to think about like what happens when you don't have smaller groups for people to find shared interests is, is like people start to find themselves in these small little holes, right? Like by themselves and like they start becoming factioned or they start to become, you know, like, uh, you know, lonely and they start to, you know, you know, have issues with other people, right? Or, or, or whatnot. And then what I have found with, especially in some of the, like when people rally around artists or when people rally around some of these communities, what you actually find is go one layer below the, the, the image, uh, you have a reset of these type of communities, but on a global level. And because it's such a global level, like people are exposed to different beliefs and different sort of um, customs and different cultures, but with similar passions, right? And similar interests. Absolutely. And so like the merging of those two things is actually in a very weird sense, very positive and inclusive. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, there's dark sides to the NFT space too. And like those should be addressed and like yeah. there's no technology that's been used for good that can't be used for bad, but but I actually do think that what these communities like the apes or like what uh, the cool cats or pudgy penguins, you know, or, Yay, or any of them, you know, like what they, I, I had to do that for you, right? Yes, what thank you. Representing <laughs> is thank a you. For, for me it, and nine, nine by nine. We, we, yeah. you know, no, 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 totally, right? But it's like it, it represents a recalibration of, of social social communities or social circles. Absolutely. And I mean, as I, as I said at the beginning, uh, even though I don't hold, for instance, a bored ape, I love the bored apes, I love the punks, I learned so much from the punks, and I think all these communities, they are uplifting each other, so it's not like, oh, only the, this one succeeds, or only this one, I think everybody succeeds together, and grow, is growing together. And I mean, now I, I saw today you had like, oh, there were some blue little cats in the cool cats thing, which I completely, which I found super cute. So, you know, there, there, there is so much to see, so much to learn. And, and we all grow together and, and it's, it's finally a win-win, which is very rare, I think. So let me ask you this question. So 721DAO, 
uniforms, yes. right? You have a great sort of merging of East and West. Yeah. You have 30,000 members. What is the goal? Like, what is the North Star of 721 DAO, if you don't mind yeah. me asking? Yes, yes, of course. So um, the division of 721 DAO is to build a decentralized entertainment metaverse. And um, because we think it does make a difference whether a company owns all the IP rights or if the community owns all the IP rights. And we think uh, guests who might be more motivated and might also be motivated in an intrinsically fashion, we think it's the community when you just build projects you love with the people you love. And um, I think also, um, so, so that's, that's our vision to build um, a decentralized entertainment metaverse. And um, also I think it does make a difference if, if you just have an idea and, and you have it by your own. Because if we, if we look at the box offices, I think almost 20% of movies are a failure in the box office. So that's a huge number. And I think it makes a huge difference then if, if you build some projects from the, uh, from the bottom up. Like you have already like the Cool Cats community that, that vibes and, and have their, their memes, their ideas, you have the Pudgy Penguins, you have all these people that already love something, that already love the art. Whereas if you are in your ivory tower and think of, oh, what might be the next good movie or whatnot? What might be the next good story? But you, you might completely miss it or you might make the mistakes that you tell the same story over and over again, just with slightly different characters and in a slightly different uh, setting. So our idea is, um, is um, to... To, to change this. And uh, for this reason, we, we have right now two strategies. So one is to, um, to work with emerging and established artists and to incubate projects. And we are currently working on a Christmas project um, and um, obviously which will you, which, um, um, which we will release close to Christmas. And then our second strategy is um, to buy very rare NFTs, mm -hmm. but NFTs that tell a story. So for instance, right now we bought so far, I mean, we exist, I think, for three weeks only, but so far we, we bought the Economist cover down the rabbit hole, which is basically the story we can all relate to when we find each other in the space that mm -hmm. oh you, you 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 have one thing then you're curious about the other thing and suddenly uh, before you know you you find yourself down the rabbit hole and you're completely obsessed and and spend basically 14 hours of your time or more in the space the yeah i mean it, it was a perfect cover it was i thought it was a perfect cover. perfect perfect space. cover but the interesting thing is i mean the economist was not super positive in the past about crypto so it was quite a change and that that is also like um I'll give you Winston yes, Churchill please, quote on please, that. Yes, please, please, please. I live in London. 
I know. This is why I'm giving you turtle <laughs> yes, quotes. I, I, he said, I've never gotten indigestion from eating my own words. And that's, oh. that's essentially the, the angle that I will give them. And you can't fault them, right? Like, like they at least came around, right? Absolutely. Like Absolutely. And then they, they dedicated the whole cover or the whole issue. Uh, they dedicated to DeFi, NFTs, crypto, and in a more, um, let's say, neutral way. Um, so this was, this was a big turnaround. And so we had to collect this cover. And then obviously the second cover we, we clearly collected uh, and passionately collected was the time cover of Marc Chagall uh, that was created in 1965. And by this time, Marc Chagall was already 78 years old and was already an accomplished artist that had witnessed everything from like the darkest moments of history to also the, the most amazing art, uh, most amazing moments in the sense that he he was able to, um, to, to be an accomplished artist and had success during his lifetime. He, he was one of the pioneers of modernism. And there's a very famous uh, Chagall, which is considered one of the 10 most uh, famous Chagalls that was created in 1964, which is called Circus Horse. So, and your cover, was created just one year after this famous, famous painting was painted. And um, we thought it is very perfect. It's very universal. It's positive. And it is so Chagall with all these. I mean, this was created in New York. But nevertheless, Chagall being Chagall in his surrealist, dreamy world had the South of France colors around. And looking very positive, very accomplished, portraying himself as an artist. And you must know, artist portraits are very rare. For artists, it's always a big deal to portray themselves. So um, we found this is a very significant portrait of Chagall, maybe even one of the most significant uh, portraits he did of himself as um, as an uh, accomplished artist, so we thought that's um, that's something we we absolutely uh, need to have. So I'll tell you a funny story about that. Yes, please. Uh, so so we have that cover uh, framed in the offices of Time in New York, and uh, that cover is uh, our editor in chief and CEO uh, Edward Felsenthal's favorite cover. No way, time. no and, way. And Photos. About, <laughs> about nine months ago, I found an original copy of that issue, right? And yeah. I got it for him and then I dropped it off and I handed it to him. And then the other day, when, uh, when you all um, uh, purchased it on Super Rare, I, I said, you know, I'd give you the original issue, right? Yeah. And, and we went back and forth and I want, cause I think it's important with some of those that are very historical, right? Like we saw this, that like in March, people didn't really want the original issues, but like yeah. by, by May people did want the original issues. So like when we sold the first issue of time, like we got the, we found the original issue. It, it took us six weeks to find it, but I, I knew where the Chagall issue existed. Yeah. And so uh, after we went back and forth and I said, I would send you the original issue. I just called Edward up and I said, I have to, 
come out to your house and pick up, pick yeah. up the sugar, all the sugar I gave you because I'm going to give it to, to the people who bought the, the yeah. I'm like, and I'll find you another one at one point. But like you have the issue that, that I, I got for our editor in chief that he kept at his home that I was like, I'll find you another one soon. Sorry, uh, being in Central Park. I, I, I can relate to this living in, in London, so it's uh, I can absolutely relate to this. Yeah, that's a very beautiful story. And um, I came upon a Chagall quote, which I thought was very positive, um, and which is like, in the arts as in life, everything is possible provided it is based on love. And I, I think that. that Yeah, so it's so positive, despite everything he had to go through with like World War One, World War Two, Imperial Russia, and like the darkest, darkest moments in human mankind. He stayed positive. He 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 went beyond every like he he's super universal and 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 stayed positive and and super inspiring and never gave up his his hope and kindness and and also his humor you can see on the cover he has this little smile so it's it's just such a beautiful beautiful cover so so I I, 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 can, I, I'm I, can, I I love the cover I love the cover and 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 so. we love the cover too So, so we said we were going to go. I can go actually a little bit longer than than three o'clock. But oh, like, I do you. want to open thank it up. I, like, I see so many amazing people in the audience. Wahid is in the audience. You know, um, who's all smiles and falling falling in sand is in the audience. Who's done some amazing pieces. Kayun, who, in full disclosure, I own uh, one of his pieces, and I just think is is just an incredible photographer and in, in, on every right. But like, if somebody has a question, you know, raise your hand. We'll bring you up onto stage. You know. Uh, I'm more than happy to 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 do that. Hold on now, Ming. So Yes, Ming, the floor you? is yours. Ming, I made you speaker. How are you? Hi, hi, hi Keith. Really I'm, I'm great. Thank you very much. And how can we what 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 what's on your mind? I mean What's on my mind? Okay, uh, it's three AM in Singapore. So and uh, I what I'm what I'm I'm actually staring at a uh, a giant uh, architecture piece in Singapore, and I'm just, I, I listening to your conversation. It's very very um, inspiring, and uh, it's prompt prompt me to think a lot. Um, I will say this: is Singapore is one of my top three favorite places on the planet to go, um, because ultimately, like I'm just a dorky. Jewish guy from New York who, you know, is never going to sort of go do anything wrong. So I need cleanliness, safety, and good food. And, uh, and like, and Singapore like, gives me all of those things. And, and, I, and I love it very much. And, and it's actually broken my heart that, that one of the last trips I had done before COVID was I was in Singapore. And I used to always stay at the, um, uh, the Park Royal on Upper Pickering. Uh, so I don't know, you know, where you are in vicinity to that, but like that is one of my. It's favorite. about a stone throw away, about uh, less than five hundred meters. Okay, so so there you go. And when I was at Bloomberg, our offices were were about five hundred yards away as well. Um, Amanda Johnston, I love that you're up on stage. How are you? 
Well, I got up at 4am to go and uh, go and be involved in the time discord. And then as I was going back to sleep to get a little cat nap, I saw you had this room open and I'm so glad. I so got I'm to just ruining your whole morning. I'm just literally ruining your whole morning. Like, I'll speak to you oh, whenever. Oh, so just made like it better. It's, it's, I'll speak to you whenever. So I don't know why you would, you would wake up for me on this one. That's just totally waste of time. <laughs> no, I'm so glad I got to listen into this one. It's been fascinating to hear about um, building out community and what that means and it's been great to be able to witness you build out community Keith as well and I just wanted to ask a question firstly my one for you um, what is the book called that you're talking about when you refer to Rotary and everything and then for your wonderful 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 community leader here and speaker who it's been a pleasure to get to know <laughs> great to no, see you thank you thank you would, would love to know what your thoughts are for the next sort of 10 and 20 years ahead how are you planning on building community so Keith, feel free to shout that book out and then we'd love to hear, yeah, how do you feel about building community and what does that mean to you? So so the I'll, I'll go first, which is the book that I, I referenced was Bowling Alone by Robert Stanton. By Robert Putnam. Putnam. Robert Putnam. Bowling Alone. Okay, and and now um, to, to your question, how we how we are aiming to to build a community. Um, well, we we are aiming to build a broader ecosystem with seven to one DAO. So, basically, we are already working on seven to one art, and we will go for a full circle, building physical art galleries, and then also we are um, building seven to one guild, which is the gaming branch. So we are basically branching out, and also we are merging um, the metaverse with with the physical world, and then it goes back full circle. So um, then, then at one point, um, we we would like to build hotels, theme parks around uh, the stories, um, wow. the stories we are creating. So that is the big big vision we we have for for this uh, seven to one DAO. Oh wow. Wow. That's, <laughs> so it, 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 yeah, so I did not expect that as an answer. And I think that that's endlessly fascinating. You know, like, I think one of the things that is most interesting about this evolution is like, if you think about what we've seen is like the digitization of everything from like atoms to from bits to atoms, and then the ability for things to go from atoms to bits with 3D printers, and ultimately sort of the movement from online renters to online owners, right? Like all of these yeah. things colliding right, makes all of this super possible. It's so interesting. Exactly. And the, the thing is just, we, we think it, it is all, it, it is all natural that it is merging and um, that we extend the, the digital to the physical and vice versa and, and make it just very, very inclusive and, and not exclusive. I love that. Um, I invited um, Kayun up onto stage. I have not ever had a chance to to speak to him. Uh, are you there? Hey, Keith. Yes. Um, how, how are you? So first off, your work is amazing, and I just I want you to know like what an honor it is to have one of your pieces uh, to own one of your pieces. And I, I I invited you up here totally selfishly just to say hello uh, and to introduce myself. So and I thought that you'd like to meet Caroline. So that's it. That was my whole agenda in inviting you up. 
<laughs> thanks so much like it's an honor to have you collect one of my pieces like when i first saw it i was like i was like wow like i was i, was, I kept thinking like that week i was just like am i dreaming like how's how's so much awesome people collecting my pieces and i was like this couldn't really um get through my mind but yeah um, thanks so much for inviting me up and i'm actually a little bit shy when speaking to a huge group of audience so <laughs> i'll try to um, do my best and well, it's mean- really nice meeting you caroline no, thank you, thank you. The pleasures are mine. And I think I mean, we have like a very nice stage now with with Keith, Mink, Amanda. So so please feel free to ask any questions you have on your mind or to to comment on 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 something you you might you might raise or. Uh, may I ask a question? Yes, anytime. Okay, that's great. Okay, we all know. Uh, no, we are actually witnessed that many uh, institutions like Time and the LV and, uh, and, and the Christie's which is more than 50 years or 100 years of history, they're all embracing the NFTs in a such a um, bold and open-minded way. How would, uh, this is it's a question for Keith. How would you encourage other institutions um, you know, to, to do the same? I, I, I witnessed uh, uh, some sort of um, lag in, in particularly in in the in, in manufacturing in financial industries so I, I so there's a few things i think going on um one is i mean we are really early on right and i think that you know everyone who's even just listening in on these conversations or talking about them today um we are essentially 1993 in the digital revolution right now Right. Like um, like we are that early. And um, I mean, to give you an idea, when I was at Wired, right, for many, many years, um, I felt like this crazy person on the hilltop screaming, like, how do you all not see that technology is changing the world? Like in the first issue of Wired in 1993, um, Louis Rosetta and Jane Metcalf, the owners, the founders of, of Wired, had the most beautifully eloquent opening letter that said technology is ripping through society like a Bengali typhoon, right? That's how I feel about NFTs (laughs) and the Web3, right? That's how I feel about it, for real. And I feel like every day I I scream from the hilltop about this. But here's like a mental trick that I'll I'll give you, which is um, like every day that goes by, another person on this planet is converted to um, uh, uh, understanding the crypto space uh, or uh, NFTs. And I'm willing to bet that the number of people that are converted out of the space is at less than a one-to-one ratio, right? And so I think that overall, the trend line is moving in the right direction. And it's just going to take some time. For many years, I was just like screaming from the hilltops. As a matter of fact, it actually wasn't until around 2010 that like that, like Condé Nast, who was a great employer to us, right? But like that they actually acknowledged that like Wired was a legitimate product when we launched the tablet <laughs> edition, when we launched the tablet edition on the iPad, right? And like we showed that we could do 28,000 downloads in 24 hours and all of the other brands that they had there on the tablet had, had failed to gain, gain traction. And so, you know, like I think that on one end uh, you have a scenario where um, it's very, very early. On the other end, you have a scenario where if you've ever read The Innovator's Dilemma, 
uh, by Clay Christensen, which is essentially like, what does a company do if you have a high margin product and all of a sudden a lower margin substitute comes in and is to the consumer just as acceptable? Um, I think that you have that taking place where a lot of these companies don't want to give up one source of revenue to try and gain another. Um, to be honest, like I don't know if time would be in this position if I wasn't in my role, right, to steer it in this direction. Um, it wasn't planned, right? It was the first time where I saw my personal passion for the space be able to be applied to my professional responsibilities. Um, the third, I think, and I think this is really important, is, is uh, like the business model of Web3 is completely inverted from the business model of Web2. So like you can look at Web2 and say Web2 is the internet plus social, and you could say that Web3 is the internet plus financial. But if you really look at it, like the Web2 is, uh, and I, I credit Farouk for this, but you know, uh, is platform first, finds a creator second, who then attracts a community. Web3 is find a community first or a community exists first, um, uh, they're attracted or elevate a creator and then a platform envelops them. And that is a really weird um, inverted sort of equation for two, two reasons. One is if you're the creator, like take Cayune, for instance, or take Jesus Martinez, who's on stage with us, you know, uh, uh, who's an incredibly talented artist or, or many of the amazing artists that are in stage uh, in the audience. If you're a creator, you don't know which way to look because on one end of the spectrum, there's the web two world where the platform is dictating the terms. On the other end of the spectrum, there's the web three world where the community is dictating the terms. If you are a brand entering into web three is a little scary because what you're essentially doing is, is you're conceding a lot of your control to the community. And like a real funny example I would give is, is before we launched timepieces, like I studied this like I like I, I hopefully you all believe in and see it like when I sit in these rooms, I listened in these rooms for hours and studied and took notes. And before we launched timepieces, and you might see that I tweeted out a, a congratulations to Gary V. Three weeks before we launched timepieces, I sent Gary V a note that said, just want you to know that I spent the last week uh, uh, analyzing V friends and other communities to understand how they work mathematically as we were thinking about structure and foundation for timepieces. And timepieces is six weeks old. I will tell you for as much as I studied this space and as much as my team studied this space, we have only learned this space in six weeks. And like that shift from study to learn is so humbling. And most companies are not set up to do it right or or willing to do it and so i think that as this continues on the ironic thing is going to be and the unfortunate thing is i actually think that more web 2 companies are going to be bought by web 3 companies than the other way around in the next five to ten years um, that's, exactly, that's, how, what yeah, that's exactly what i thought yeah i mean that's what i thought that is how how strong I feel about this movement. I think it is that, that, that important, that huge. Um, and then I think there's a final aspect of it, which is um, uh, you have to look at who the leadership is of some of these companies. And very rarely, like you, it, every once in a while you have um, technological 
revolutions that take place, right? And when those take place, you want a leader that, that can understand how to read the technological revolution and steer the company in the right way. Every once in a while, you have a generational shift take place. And in those instances, you want a leader who understands how to read that, right? So for instance, like I'm never buying a physical newspaper. I have an eight-year-old daughter. Her name's Ellie. She's never buying a physical newspaper ever. It doesn't mean that newspapers are dead. It just means newspapers in print are dead because every day, the same way that we talk about crypto, that somebody passes away on this planet, a new newspaper reader is not replaced at a one-to-one -one ratio. And so like you have to look at those generational changes and do you have leadership who can understand generational shifts? In this Web3 movement, you actually have two major shifts conflating at the exact same time, which is you have a technological revolution and a generational revolution taking place. And so if the leadership at top has a contract for the next three years or five years, like what's the incentive to change? For real, think about that. Like why would I change in the next three to five years? I'll leave that problem to the next company. And so like, I, you know, like people think that every company is so efficient and wonderful. The reality of most companies is almost every company is like a Lipitor ad, right? You look at every company and you say, this is amazing. This company is the most powerful company on the planet. This company is so unbelievable. Why aren't they doing this shift? It's because no matter how good every company looks at the outside, including time, by the way, there's always stuff on the inside that's not working or that's getting in its way, right? Or is clogging its arteries. And so I think that, you know, like that's, that's why you're not seeing a lot of companies um, really jump into this because it's so early. It's a technological evolution. It's a generational evolution. Uh, people have biases against wanting to change um, and disrupt their current revenue streams and flows. Um, and, and that most companies are not set up to be as efficient as people believe they are. Keith, I'm writing down all these uh, these quotes of yours, <laughs> and I know you're president of a company, but really, when I listen to you, you're such a great futurist. You really study and listen to the the best people in the room every time, and just take those ideas and apply them. Um, it's so humbling to listen to you, and I've seen you like a magnet absorb all the knowledge from so many different types of people. And the way you do it with such grace and kindness and you remember every single moment. You remember every NFT you've bought, the artist, the story behind it, uh, the people in the future forward. It's such a delight to, to support you and be around you and just listen to you speak about the future. Um, I'm in emerging technology. I keynote. I speak at all the biggest conferences. I listen to all the best people. And listening to you inspires me so much because you are just a sponge for knowledge and the way you regurgitate that knowledge uh, through time and through your storytelling is, is absolutely exceptional. I know you like to say this place is my favourite or this person is my second favourite and I'm just going to put it out there and say you're definitely like one of the top five in the world at communicating that message. So thank you for just leading this community. No, thank you. You know, uh, Caroline, can I, if we can go over like a few minutes. Yes, I, yes, of I, course, um, of course. Can, so, so, you know, like we talk about my favorite aspect of, of, of the space, which is, you know, you get a huge reset in the economics. You get a huge reset in, um, uh, you know, uh, I mean, actually the space gives people a, an ability to leapfrog financially. Um, and I love that, um, it, it, you know, and it's, it's not accessible to everyone, right? There are flaws uh, in it, but like, 
Um, I, I invited Jesus Martinez up onto stage. Um, I love Jesus Martinez. I don't know if, if you've been in a room with me and, and he jumps into the room, I always bring him up on the stage. Um, he's just one of the kindest souls I know. He's one of the nicest people I know. He's one of the hardest workers I know. But um, Jesus, will you like just introduce yourself and tell everyone like who you are? And, and in full disclosure, we have known each other for seven months. Um, so like, it's not like we met last week. Uh, like we've known each other for a very, 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 very long time in NFT world. Like in seven months in NFT world is like 197 years in, in the real world. Um, Jesus, will you just tell everyone like your story? <laughs> Thank you, Keith. Um, so me and me and Keith are a mutual mentor, mutual friend. His name is David Carey. I would not, we wouldn't, we would not be here without him. So you know that's in first and foremost, just giving credit to David Carey. Um, yeah, so you know I come from first generation, you know working class, working class family. My family used to sell flowers in the street of LA to make a living, sometimes oranges. So we used to go to gas stations or, you know, graduations used just to basically survive. You know, you know, I would, I would get sad sometimes because sometimes my friends would like have a regular job, you know, even if it's just McDonald's, like, like we're out here trying to make a living just in the street, you know, like you're just, it's all unknown, but I've always had like this aspiration of doing philanthropy and, you know, one of my biggest sense aspirations is becoming a philanthropist through the cryptocurrency space and um, you know i shared that message with a lot of collectors you know i've been very fortunate i have one of my 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 last sale was 38k because you know you know the collector told me i invested because of your story like i feel like it's you know it's the next it's all what web3 stands for you know just being authentic and being genuine and that's what what has gotten me here and you know, it's kind of surreal, and like I've got in this, I've been in on TV now. I have a lot of media requests now because you know the story. I feel like is the biggest thing that that people want to invest in in Web threes. You know, they want to be part of like a genuine story. And like, you know, I'm just been myself, and you know, sometimes it's kind of I'm getting used to talking to public people in public spaces, so I need a bit a little bit more work on that. But you know, like I said, like I told Keith, all I'm trying to do is just trying to make the world a better place, and trying to make my parents better at the end of the day. Hi, Jesus. Very, very amazed by your story and very touched and very nice um, meeting you. And I think your story is really, really inspiring. And I think a lot of of artists can can relate that already have entered the space and hopefully a lot of artists that were formerly maybe excluded and had a hard time may now consider entering the space because it really gives so much control and power and 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 yeah everything back to the artists and to the creatives that that is i don't know that is what what we live for that's our culture and that's um what's what's the most inspiring so thank you so so much for your story um I think that's that's absolutely amazing. I think in this space also, um, I mean, artists can can succeed or can can have success because it's more direct. You don't have like the galleries and whatnot. But also, what I found out or what I realized, uh, you you can choose to disclose from which religion you are, from which like which gender you are, or whatnot. Like all these features 
that mattered in the in the real world or physical world you can choose what you disclose as an artist and it might be much easier to 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 connect like just on on the basis of your art and on 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 what inspires you instead of all these um, external features that don't mean anything really, but we are getting judged on uh, in in the physical world. So I think that's also a huge game changer that it is so much more universal and inclusive and people can just choose which part of their identity they want to disclose and, and what they want to put out. So yeah, very, very happy to to hear your story. You know, Caroline, you bring up such a good point, which is um, like in this moment, in this sort of movement, uh, in this evolution, um, everyone is pretty much meeting each other uh, in inverse. So like we're getting to judge and, and make our decisions about whether we like people or don't like people um, based on uh like their insights, how they present themselves in voice, their passions, their beliefs. Um, whereas like in like the previous sort of, uh, you know, um, uh, pre-COVID, I would say even, uh, everything was done in, in the other way around, right? Like you judged people based on looks or, you know, appearance or, you know, or whatnot first and then insight second. And I think it's really interesting. Um, I was at NFT NYC um, last week, and I met all of these people that I'd never met before in real life. And, um, and it was like, I will say first, you know, um, uh, you know, real life hugs are so much better than metaverse hugs. Uh, it was so amazing on every level. Um, uh, when I met Jesus for the first time, like, it was like, like, like he just walked into the place I was at. And like, he didn't even have to say who he was. Like, I just looked at him, he looked at me, we smiled and like, just gave each other a hug. And it was amazing. And like, Amanda and I speak all the time and, and like, we have yet to meet each other in person. Same thing with Q, same thing with Dylan, same thing with Shana. I see JPEG Holder, you know, is in the, in the audience. Uh, you know, Matt Stevenson, I see you, you suck. No, I'm just joking. Matt Stevenson's actually an amazing human being. Um, uh, but, uh, but, uh, you know, like, I, um, I love how in this space people meet each other in inverse, right? And I think that that's, that's really awesome on every level. Um, before, before anything else, I mean, if anyone has any questions or wants to come up and chat, like, please raise your hand and we'll pull you up. Um, but, you know, Caroline, I want to, you know, turn it over to you, you know, uh, you can have the last say. And thank you so much for, 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 you know, getting this together. This was so much fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. So do we have any any more questions or comments? If yes, please raise your hand. And if not, I mean, you can reach out to me anytime on Twitter. Obviously, my um, Twitter handle, I said it at the beginning, is cyborg underscore 654. And yeah, Keith, thank you so, so much for... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Ricky, yes, Ricky, no, Ricky, we are in... Ricky, okay, Ricky, we have Ricky. somebody. Yes, yes, you yes, your yes. Hand up. <laughs> What's up? Hey, guys, how's everybody doing? Good, how are you? So I just want to take the time to just, like, introduce myself. Um, so a long time, like, blockchain technology lover and kind of understander, kind of developed to fully understanding the technology to now landing in the NFT space. 
So I kind of just wanted to say hi to everybody. And um, really what I do in real life is kind of security based. So I just wanted to know, Keith or anybody here, do you know where like the security front is on all of this? Uh, well, first I'll start by saying happy Veterans Day to you. I see in your bio. Thank oh, you thank you so much. Um, and thank you for everything. And um, I, you know, like I, I think security's at the forefront of this. I mean, uh, I'll give you, I, I, I walked away in the past. I said earlier that like I, I studied this space for the first, um, for, for six months before we entered in the timepieces and I've learned this space in six months, in six weeks. Um, uh, I would say security is probably the single most important area that um, needs investment and is probably getting quite a bit right now. But um, uh, I have a internal, you know, like uh, Joy's Law, which is the idea that no matter how many smart people you have in a room uh, to solve a problem, like the smartest person's always located somewhere else. Um, that's how I feel about the crypto space, uh, right? Like no matter how smart you think you are entering into this Web3 world, there is someone who is infinitely smarter than you somewhere else. Um, and, uh, and I think that that, that poses a lot of good and I can give really good examples of good, but like, I also think it poses a lot of bad. And I think that, um, uh, like we see all the time, the security flaws that exist in discord, whether it was like the crypto toads the other day, right. Exactly. Um, uh, you know, like, but then the flip side of crypto toads, and this is where like my mind is blown is had Andrew Wang and, and the team from Future Proof not been holding a room on Twitter spaces, the community actually found the hackers and got the money returned, right? But in doing that, they also uncovered like a much larger hacker ring, right? That, that exists. And so like, I, I don't know. I mean, anytime you're going to attach money into the equation, like I think that you're going to have to think about how do you increase security a hundred times over. Um, and I think, I think like if I was anyone entering into this space, like I would 100% be thinking very paranoid. I would definitely like maybe talk on talk to me. We could create some type of way of like a artist entry kind of guide so that we can protect artists coming into this space and making sure that they're entering it securely. Like they're setting up their wallets correctly saving the, the keys right and then maybe just have it with the time background so like knowing that it's something verified and have some type of credential yeah i mean i think i think it's super important like i just and for anyone who's new to the space in the audience right like you never give away your seed phrase ever ever give away your seed phrase you never click on links that you don't know right like um like and uh never assume like I could even tell you in the time discord, like the day after crypto toads, there was somebody in the time discord that was impersonating one of the time employees. And like, we had to, we had to close it down quickly and like, and alert everyone, like, this is never going to happen. Like, stop, don't listen to this person. And we identified and got them out. But, uh, uh I think it's very real. Hold on one second. I see Matt Stevenson wants to be. So I'm going to introduce Matt Stevenson for a second, if it's okay. Um, uh, I've known Matt since 2009 and, uh, and Matt is one of the, uh, most genuine hardest workers ever. We worked together at Wired. He was instrumental in the launch of the Wired tablet edition. 
um, when I came over to Time, uh, uh, Maya Drazen, who you might know from Time Pieces, um, who her and I have pretty much worked together my entire professional career, minus my time at Bloomberg. Um, Maya's only condition was if Matt would come over too. And they just had promoted Matt and given him a raise. And so I called Matt up, we sat down, had coffee, and I gave him a raise on top of his raise of $1. So he can go home to his husband and tell him that he got a raise to come over to time after he got the raise at Condé Nast. And then he just recently left to go somewhere else but he, is, he was instrumental in much of the time turnaround, especially as it relates to time for kids. And so, Matt, how are you? I'm doing well. You call me up quick. I just wanted to follow up on that last question. Anybody in the audience that is getting into this space and does not have a cold wallet, I absolutely highly recommend it. Protect yourselves out there. Be safe. Lots of scams, lots of links, lots of bots. Uh, just take the time, do your research, and protect yourself. Uh, so you don't get any bad feelings and bad juju at the beginning of this thing. Uh, wishing everybody the best. This conversation has been absolutely amazing. Uh, and I'm always cheering you guys on from the sidelines. So I appreciate Wait it. Matt, you literally just came up here to tell people to get a cold wallet. You see, now absolutely. this is why it's like That's by one reaffirming. That's amazing. Amanda, <laughs> this is the reaffirmation that he's a nice guy. It, just, it makes Very me sick. Nice. I wish that Very there was nice. like a barf, a barf emoji in the Twitter phase. It's like, oh, this is my barf emoji. I'm barfing out of my eyes, Matt. Um. But, but he, he, he does have a point. So you can't repeat this uh, often enough. So yeah, everybody, please get uh, um, a cold, cold storage hard wallet and never ever give your seed phrase out. And yeah, the problem with, with all things tech or like every tool can be used for, for bad and good things. So um rather try to ear on the side of caution and um yeah thank you so much matt uh anyone else before we close down the room anything else be, that anyone wants to please, also before we close please tell us about nyla because this oh. is something yes because i don't let you go otherwise because this is something i saw on your instagram and you posted amelia earhart i have a amelia earhart timepiece <laughs> but not a nyla one yet then i saw you um nyla did uh, coco chanel she did frida carlo which are some women i absolutely adore so please please before we close the room tell us something about it well, okay, hold on. First off, I want to just see if she's still in here. If Shayna Wilson is still in here, can you please raise your hand? So you say you have the Amelia Earhart timepiece from the Inspiration Series. Shayna Wilson, who was sitting in the audience for most of this, and I can't see her now, happened to be the timepiece artist that did that piece. Um, uh, so, like, she was listening the whole entire time. You should have said that in the beginning instead of your penguin. <laughs> Right. Um, uh, my dearest Keith, I do love my penguins. <laughs> I know, right? No, no, no. So, so you know, we are, we are, um, you know, like as we build out time pieces, we had to start to think about like how are we evolving time pieces and like how do we want to think about it. And we had our initial drop, and then what we realized was, you know, like like the initial drop, like a lot of the feedback from the community was, you know, like we want unique one of one pieces. Um, you know, like, does it have to be big? Can it be smaller? And so we were playing around, right? We're still in an experiment, experimentation phase. And, you know, we are, 
um, at the beginning phases of, of uh, you know, ramping up uh, leading into person of the year, which is announced in early uh, December. And, um, uh, you know, as we were doing this, like we looked at Nyla, who I've just loved and been a huge fan of since July, um, when Trish, and I think Trish was in this room too earlier, uh, came into a room with John Knopf with me and they had these long necky ladies and uh, this was in Clubhouse and all of a sudden the room had 500 long necky ladies and Nyla on stage and I started to realize like what an unbelievably talented like phenom this 12 year old was. And so I've just been a fan of hers and I wanted to get her involved in, in the timepieces and we came up with this idea of the artist in residence doing quarterly artists in residence. And when we invited her in, I said to her, I have a really crazy idea and I want to float it by you to see if you'd be interested in it. And she said, what's that? And, and I said, of course, anything, if you want to say no to anything, you could say no, you know, like, like it, it's up to you from a creative perspective. But I said, um, you know, time, um, when we launched the person of the year franchise, um, in 1927, it actually was man of the year. And the first man of the year ever was uh, Charles Lindbergh. And, uh, it, and the issue was January 2nd, 1928. And from 1927 to 1998, it was man of the year. And in 1999, it gave way to person of the year. And in 2020, we went back and we said, well, this is insane. For a hundred years when this brand has been around, and like we've never really acknowledged who the women of the year would have been against the backdrop that for most of the time it's been around, we named only the man of the year. So the editors sat down last year and they created a franchise called the Time 100 Women of the Year. And they went from 1923 all the way up to uh, 2020 and they named a female that would have won uh, 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 woman of the year in each respective year and then designed a cover in the look and feel of that year and then did a write-up for why that woman would have deserved to have won that cover. And when I saw the long necky ladies, I said to Nyla, how fun would it be if you went and you turned all of the women in the year into long necky ladies? And so you can have a Gloria Steinem long necky lady. You can have an Aretha Franklin long necky lady. You can have a, uh, you know, we put out Serena Williams long necky lady. You can have a, a, you know, Coco Chanel long necky lady, which we put out. You can have an Amelia Earhart long necky lady. And it just seemed like such a great fit. And it just was so cute and like so endearing. And it just made everyone smile. And so I just gave her this idea and she comes back with the Frida Kahlo sketch and a few other sketches and all of our jaws hit the ground. I mean, when I tell you hit the ground, everyone at time was jaw on the ground. And so she produced them all and we've started to tease them out. And right now, if you own a timepiece and you have a POAP and whatnot, you should go to nft.time.com because you can then enter into the raffle to um, be included in this. Now, uh, our next drop, it's going to happen in December. It's going to be a much larger drop, probably 15,000 pieces. Um, and it's going to be part of a much larger game. So we're going to, we're not going to ever replicate 
what we, we have done in the past. We're just going to continue to build upon how we can engage with the community, how we can lean into the strengths of time, how we can build into the franchises that we have that we can distinguish ourselves against. And genuinely, you know, our view is, is how can we bring time just as much into the web three world as we can into the web two world? Um, our web two content sphere. Um, and so it's, it's really it, like the Nyla drop to me is really special. Um, it's a very small drop. We priced it. Sorry, I left Central Park and apparently I'm like on the busiest, loudest street in all of New York from going down the side street. We priced it at um, uh, 0.125 ETH uh, because I didn't know how to price it. So I decided to choose her age, <laughs> 12 and a half. And so, um, you know, like, uh, uh, but we hope that as you look at the timepieces, uh, you know, um, a Twitter handle, today as we've been sort of unveiling them over the course of the past day like they just make you smile and they make you proud and you know it's it's a it's a real nice marriage between new and old and and whatnot um is that a fair answer caroline to, to nyla like we very so, much very much uh, absolutely inspired and you know just before before our chat started i tried to get into this raffle but then i realized you know i don't have your uh, proof of attendance protocol, or whatnot, you know. So I, I don't have this, so I can't, I can't enter so, this rock. So we gave, we gave, just so everyone knows, we gave, essentially eleven shots for people to get a pop <laughs> to get a pop. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so as much as I love you, <laughs> as much as I love you, I'm sorry. Like you're gonna have to buy it on the secondary market, so there's no shot, right? Um, uh, we gave we gave every chance on the planet for people to get po-ops. Um, the, the the challenges is this is is what did we learn in the first drop? Um, I I severely underestimated the demand um, that we were gonna um, face, and because of the underestimation of the demand, like gas prices went up very high, and there were a lot of bots. And so what we were really keen on doing in the second drop with Nyla was a smaller drop where we put on a lot more protections for collectors. So that way, like, like it, the collector can capture the piece at the intended value that we um, uh, put into the marketplace. So like, if you look like the timepiece initial drop, like the, the uh, price point of the initial timepieces was 0 0.10. And, um, and people paid significantly more because of gas. And like, we really did not like that. And so what we're trying to do is, is we're trying to create a few barriers. So that way bots are excluded. So that way, like people who are really engaged with the community are rewarded and uh, we can work through the minting passes and, and, and ensure that we can uh, really, you know, respect the collectors as much, you know, from a financial perspective as, as we can um, from a sort of a time perspective, meaning time, lowercase t, this is the worst part of the job. Um, uh, but, but uh, like that's so, so, you know, like what's funny is, you know, you are being pushed out of it is the exact perfect example of what we were trying to avoid. <laughs> you should have been more engaged, Caroline. You should have been so more engaged. Sorry. I'm so sorry, I'm, I'm just because, you know, I'm, I'm one of the core members of 721 DAO. <laughs> 
So I, I was just slightly busy, so I'm so wait, wait, sorry. Wait. But I'm, I'm really, I, I saw, I mean, I saw, um, fortunately, I saw Denaila once on, on your Instagram. So obviously, I will, I will have to get one on the secondary market. Uh, I take it, I take it, lesson learned. <laughs> but but I, I will say this is, is, is one of the things that we're doing, and I think this is really important, Keith, somehow we we lost you. At least I don't I don't hear you. Maybe that's just the magic of Twitter Spaces. That can you yeah, now you back. Can you hear me? Okay, okay, perfect. Sorry. Um, uh, so one of the things that we're trying to do with timepieces is, um, if you own a timepiece, we're trying to make sure that you have like a, it's like a freemium model. Like come into the come into the community because we want as many people into the timepiece discord as, as want to, but you have to have the same values as us. Our values are optimism and positivity and inclusivity. Um, like we will not tolerate racists in the slightest. Um, you know, I actually, we've, we've picked out and banned um, probably more people than any other community um, because it's very important to us that it's, it's a caring community. Uh, we, we, are really into sort of, we'll take constructive feedback, but you know, we don't need assholes. Uh, I'm enough of an asshole. Like I don't need another one in my life, right? I'm, I have to deal with me every day. And so, um, so you know, like what we're trying to do with people who own timepieces is give them additional value. And so one of the additional values that we are doing, and this is tonight for anyone in the audience who owns a timepiece, if you own an inspiration piece or a, or a Genesis piece, or if you are a photo, owner because we absorbed the photo community into the photo vault community into the timepiece community which was was in my mind a a wonderful win for both of our communities um uh we are doing a conversation with deepak chopra tonight at 6 30 p.m uh eastern standard time i believe that's 11 30 p.m utc um uh, but like on metahuman experiences in the metaverse and so like uh, uh, Deepak is an amazing thinker and we would love any of you who own a timepiece uh, or uh, a photo piece, you know, you're welcome to, to join. Um, the other thing, and I announced this earlier is um, if you're a Genesis piece holder of timepieces, um, we are also bringing back uh, real life events, uh, in-person events um, uh, sooner than we expected. We did an event in Glasgow uh, at COP26, it was very successful. Um, we did it with, you know, uh, Al Gore and John Kerry and and um, and others. And uh, we are for Genesis piece holders, and we'll announce all the details on Sunday. I'm going to open up five tickets to the Person of the Year event that we do in New York that is invite only. And so, um, like, we are literally slowly but surely continuing to build out the. Um, sort of the values of membership within the timepiece community. And so um, uh, that's how we are thinking, by the way, about sort of continuing to build upon uh, our ecosystem, Ming, uh, just to your earlier question. But I hope that that helps. And, and Caroline, thank you so much for putting this together. I guess I'll give you the last word. Is there anything else you want to you wanna say or end on? No, no, you are, you are most welcome to have the, the last word, absolutely. And obviously, a big um, thank you to you, um, 
it is it is it was such a pleasure um doing this twitter spaces with you and we were uh, i'm i'm beyond inspired by time and how you how you grow in this space your projects and everything and i hope also um, we will be able to to work closely time and seven to one dao so very very excited and uh, inspired thank you so so much what well, was wonderful and and thank you for also educating us on seven to one dao like it's so interesting to see what you all are doing and to everyone who joined us today you know um thank you all so much for your time um uh you know we always appreciate it and so i hope everyone has a wonderful day um uh caroline i really appreciate it uh and uh and i'm sure we will text uh, soon enough and so have a great one everyone i'm going to end the uh the, this in in one second i just have to find the end button now Now I feel like like a 98 year old, right? Where I'm like sitting there, I'm like, where's this end button? I can't find the end button anywhere. Oh, there it is. It's the upper corner. Okay. Look at this. <laughs> I just said bye-bye, Keith. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Speak soon.